0: Hello and welcome to the Fishing Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Weekman. I'm here with John Stein. He is the Regional Fishery Supervisor for the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. That is a mouthful, but that's only uh, the one mouthful we're going to have today because we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, the stripers on Beaver Lake, uh, the tagging that you're doing, and uh, we're also going to try and wrap in a little bit of uh, crappie fishing, so uh we're going to uh, start with that. Uh, tell us, tell us about that program that you have for the stripers going on. Okay, so
1: uh, we're trying to get a handle on um, how many striped bass are being harvested in Beaver Lake, and we're actually doing it on Beaver, uh, Norfolk, and Washtaw Lakes. Okay, and it, we're doing a, a a tag reward study, and basically we have tagged uh, around six hundred and fifty striped bass in all three of those lakes. Um, we tagged about 250 striped bass in Beaver Lake. Okay. And, uh, the tags are, uh, they're, uh, kind of pinkish red tags. They're about this long okay. that are, uh, that are put in the, the side of the fish right by their dorsal fin. Each fish has two tags. All right. And, uh, the reason why we did two tags is to, to see if there's any, um, tag loss. So right. make sure that if one tag works its way out, there's still going to be a tag in it. And, uh. So on those tags, there's a, there's an actual, there's a phone number to call. It's my uh, co-worker's cell phone. Okay. So you can, if you catch one and you're wanting to release the fish, you can just cut the tags off and release the fish back into the lake. Um, But if you're going to harvest it, you can just take the fish home. And then uh, if you look on the tags, there's a number, a phone number to call. So you just call that number and we're going to ask you a few questions about, first of all, did you harvest the fish or did you release it? okay where did you catch it and uh when you send the tags back to us uh they're they're worth a hundred dollars wow one fish is worth a hundred dollars so each each tags you know if you catch a tagged fish then only you know one one tag is lost and the fish is still worth a hundred dollars right and the reason why we do that is we're not tagging a huge number of fish uh there was another Tag reward exploitation study that biologists did over at Norfolk. Right. And they tagged over a thousand uh, largemouth bass. We're only tagging about 250 because it's really hard to catch those kinds of numbers of stripers. Right. So that's why we have a high reward because we want every one of those tags. If someone catches a tagged fish, we want to get the data from them. I gotcha. And if we had no, you know, if we had like a $5 or a t shirt, we probably wouldn't get. Right. Hundred percent of them returned. So, so the whole goal is to find out how many striped bass are being harvested. It's an exploitation study, and we can use it in the future to determine: do we need to have uh, different regulation? Do we need to have, um, you know, maybe a minimum length limit in the in the higher minimum length limit in the in the cool months. Um, so that's why we're doing it is try to get, try to get a handle on the striped bass population, find out how many are being harvested. And then we can use that in the future to determine if there are new regulations that are needed. Um, there may not be right you know, but we, we have noticed with the, uh, we did an angler survey this year and, uh, 2014 was the last time we did an angler survey Wow! and we were, so basically we had somebody going out and interviewing anglers and, uh, we also determined how many anglers were out there and we found that uh in 2014 uh there was the the most important or most sought after fish was black bass right and then crappie anything and then the fourth was striped bass that was in 2014 right in 2021 we noticed that that's changed you know black bass is always the king right on beaver but uh Stripe bass moved up to number two. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, I think there was around ten percent of the anglers were looking at, at fishing for stripers in two thousand fourteen. Now it was twenty seven percent. So really, we've seen an increase in striper fishing. Uh, stripe striper fishermen, right? You know, in that seven year period. So uh, that's why we're doing. That's why we're working to figure out how many are being harvested, right? And seeing if there's a uh, you know. A, a regulation change that's needed in the future.
0: Do you see a size like because of the population that is fishing for them now and the popularity? Have you seen like the size, average size, being caught being lower than what it was? We hear Say, that from
1: we hear that from guides, but uh-huh. uh, we had a in, in our netting that we did this past. We did it in March. Okay, night. it took us seven nights to catch two hundred and fifty-two stripers that we tagged. Right. And uh, average size was, you know, probably looking at 28, 28 inch fish, twenty eight to thirty inch, uh-huh. which is uh was what our what our average size was on the uh, on striped bass during our netting. Uh, we do get reports from guys that show that uh, they think the the uh, average size has gone down, but then again, this time of year we see. A few forty-five pounders and right. really big ones caught. Um, we think uh, if you compare our catch rates and our the uh, average size to say that like Norfolk, it right. was a lot higher on beaver. We had a lot, you know, a lot bigger fish on beaver than let's say Norfolk. Washtaw was probably about the same,
0: right? But
1: yeah. as we're uh, so. One, one thing, one other thing we're doing with the striped bass is we're actually working with uh, fishing guides and we're giving uh, journals out to the fishing guides. And we're going to start that in May, May 15th, just coming uh-huh. up and uh, basically they can keep track and we, this is going to be really important to tie in with that, right? the tag reward study. And uh, so they can, they can, we're going to give out these journals and they, every day they track the number of. Fishermen they have in the boat, how many hours they're fishing, how many rods they have out, and how many fish they catch. And, they, right. and they'll, you know, take a length on every one of them. And that's how we're going to be able to track um, what what the uh, average size of stripers is in beaver from here on out. We started right. that project last year, and uh, we're going to continue it this year, and it's going to be put all together to, you know, with the, with the exploitation, the angler journal program. Um, some other sampling to determine, you know, what, is there a change in regulation needed?
0: So uh, on the tag fish, um, if an angler catches one and they're going to release it, or even if they don't release it, you want them to measure it and weigh it? Would well, that no, help we, you uh, or not? So,
1: So on the tagged fish, we uh-huh. actually have, a, there's a number, uh, a tag number right. on each of those tags. And we took down lengths on all oh. those fish and we have the tag numbers on them. So so we have those links already. Okay. And and it's pretty cool too because uh just to kind of show you how far stripers move around, I mean you guys know oh, yeah. this. But we tagged one uh around the nursery pond uh back in March and we got a call three days later and it had moved past point twelve from the nursery pond. So we were thinking it was about fifteen miles, it had moved in three days.
0: Yeah, they get pretty skinny sometimes when they first <laughs> get down here uh, in November, when they first make this, that that end of October, that 1st of November sometimes, before they've been down here and feeding, they get pretty skinny, like they yeah. they look like they need to uh, get off the Atkins diet, and <laughs> get on a shad diet or sit, something. Yeah, they
1: need to fatten up.
0: And what is, uh, um, just because it's probably a common question, is what's the the forage what do stripers really eat because we all hear that they eat other these other game fish we won't mention the, the what they are but they always say that that they're being eaten you know they're eating that species yeah. but what is their main diet what's the diet and so, so
1: there have been tons of studies done on diets of striped bass because they are a highly controversial species you know right. for other anglers and study after study has shown that 90 to 95 higher percentages than that of their diet is is gizzard or threadfin shad and uh very rarely do you get a uh, striper that's that's going to be eating other sport fish it's it's mainly it's mainly shad and these are uh these studies have been done for many years and there's actually been links to uh when you see a shad population start declining you'll actually see the striped bass population decline Right. And when it bumps back up, the driver population bumps back up. Um, yeah, high percentage of their diet is shad. And
0: in this high water, they don't reproduce in Beaver Lake.
1: No, they no. do not. We have not seen any natural reproduction just because uh, there are some lakes where they do naturally right. reproduce, like Lake Red Texoma. Gibson. Yeah, yep. Lake Texoma. Um, uh, we're glad they don't reproduce here because right. in Lake Texoma, they reproduce too well and you know you have a i'd have to look at the regulation you can keep up to like 15 a day right and they don't rarely catch 30 pounders you know right because there's so many of them so many mouths to feed and beaver we can stock a a kind of a low to moderate rate so they grow fast and that's what we're doing you know it's taking a striped bass and beaver grow very fast they're getting up to 26 inches in in four years and that's that's pretty fast
0: yeah um we're gonna sh- switch over to uh crappie uh, of course beaver lake's right behind us and it's getting closer every minute it's getting closer yeah. <laughs> to the house uh but uh uh high water we got like high water and, and this is uh the start of may and so tell us uh when do the crappie spawn and then And then what's going to happen? we got high water. How is that going to affect all their fishing? And how will that affect it into, uh, say, the summer months? Right, okay. So
1: the one thing about high water is uh, it's really good for the fish, but it can be really tough fishing. (laughs) As you can see, (laughs) it's tough fishing out there right now. The reason why it's uh, really good for, for the fish populations, especially crappie, is you get consistent natural reproduction and recruitment. That means... You have a lot of flooded vegetation. You know, a lot, right. a lot of, a lot of trees are under the water right now. And uh, once the crappie spawn, and the lake's rising, uh, the fish that, the, the fry that get off the nests, they right. have a lot of places to hide. You know, they can, they can hide right. a lot better. When if the lake was super low,
0: right,
1: we would know we'd have poor natural reproduction of crappie. But when the lake's high, they have a lot of places to hide. But also, if you look at the water, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty muddy, pretty muddy and turbid (laughs) out there. Um, That's bringing nutrients into the lake, Uh and those nutrients are going to help the food chain. They're going to improve the food chain. So small fish like crappie and shad, they're going to they eat zooplankton, Uh and and when you have a huge amount of influence of nutrients come in. The food chain is just improved, and so you have a huge number of forage like threadfin shad, gizzard shad on high water because there's more. Once they spawn, there's more for their small fit, the small shad to eat. Right, so they just reproduce like crazy, and there's good reproduction, and and good and survival of those shad, and then the crappie and the bass and catfish, walleye, stripers, everything that's out there has a ton to eat. Right. And that's why, that's why you have good uh, good fish production after a high water event.
0: And we're in like year five of high water or something, somewhere yeah. around in there where we've had, it really shows on a graph of how high the water is. It's been at this time before it actually starts going down into, it, it takes a while till the fall till it finally starts going down. So if the, if the guy is is looking at fishing later in the summer how does like this this water still going to be high how how are they going to approach it where do crappie go once you start hitting the water temperatures over 70 degrees
1: 70 degrees so you know they're going to move offshore into uh you know uh brush piles offshore they may Uh you know anglers can catch them in uh more down towards the middle part of the lake and some standing timber. That's a good, uh, a good way to catch them. You know, they'll actually suspend that time of year. they will suspend around docks. Crappie will. And so uh, one thing people do a lot of times to catch crappie in the summer months, once it gets a little warmer is, is troll crankbaits. You troll them next to that uh, standing timber. Um, And yeah, it's pretty, pretty effective way to catch them.
0: And, and on that topic of habitat, I know you got a new boat, yeah. new pontoon. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about this thing. Yeah, we'll now this just... brand new, and tell us where the funding okay. came from.
1: Yeah, we just uh, we just picked it up yesterday. So, right. um, two guys went to we, we actually bought the boat from a company called Lifetime Boats. Right, and uh, they're, they're just uh, they make they're making these large um, habitat barges crane boats and they're out of louisiana right um basically we we had a we put together a project because we knew the game the arkansas game and fish does two large scale fish habitat projects a year right where we bring in up to 40 employees and we cut and sink trees for a week or two weeks right we knew we were going to be doing that on beaver so we thought hey let's try to get some more funding because that you know that project itself and salaries and supplies, blocks, rope, boat, gas, it costs right. around sixty thousand dollars just to do that project right. for our for our agency. So we uh, we brought in um, we said hey let's use that money to try to get more funding and we worked put a grant together with the uh, Reservoir Fish Habitat Partnership and we got it funded. Okay, and so uh, one of the side shoots of that project was uh the fish america foundation is a uh they they receive it's a fe- federal agency or f- entity that that receives uh, so much money a year to distribute to different states for fish habitat right and they uh, they found out about our project and they were like hey we'd like to fund it so they uh, they gave us eighty thousand dollars and uh the game and fish put in another i think it was around forty six thousand and we we have a uh, large it's a twenty seven foot um Dump barge. Right. And it has. Uh. It actually can. It can dump, eight thousand pounds. It's a, it has a hydraulic. Wow. Uh, yeah. It has a hydraulic bed on it with a. So it's it's the hydraulic uh, dump bed is is uh, powered by a generator, and so it'll yeah it'll haul eight it'll haul oh. and dump eight thousand pounds. Um. It also has two hundred and fifty horsepower motors on it, so we can actually pull up to a tree that's you know cut trees that are on the bank and drag them in. From the you know from just in reverse with the motors right,
0: and and you've already done one uh, the northern part of the lake mm-hmm. uh, towards the dam area. You've already done this, the the uh, brush piles up that way. And what's your plan now with all this high water? And, and
1: that's and that's the issue with trying to find place. It's just hard to find places in the river arms, like way uh-huh. up here where brush will stay when you get right. a, you know when you get yeah. a flood like this. You're gonna have we're gonna have to find pockets. If we went out and just put brush out here on the – you can see yeah, all the it wouldn't, stuff. wouldn't it just, last long. It wouldn't last long. So we, we need to you know, be more strategic on where we put brush piles in the upper end of the lake, right. in the river arms. But we do have uh, permission to from the core. The Game and Fish had to get right. permission from the core to, to cut mainly cedar trees. That's all we're right. cutting right now. And uh, we have permission at uh, Blue Springs, the Brush Creek area, right. to, to remove cedar trees. Um, and we'll be doing that in the future. We just uh, have to strategically place them right. so they don't get blown out.
0: <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Well, uh, that takes us to uh, tackle time. Of course, uh, we were talking about all the different game fish that are on Beaver Lake and Pico Lures has. A lure for everything that you can catch on uh, Beaver Lake. Everything from topwater to uh, small crappie baits and uh, even the crankbaits. Uh, We talked a little bit about crankbaits and trolling them and uh, using them in the uh, summertime. So you can check out their products at picolures.com. If they wanted to find out, John, more about uh, what you guys are doing and maybe get a a view of that uh, pontoon boat that you got now uh, and see that, where would they go?
1: So we have a Facebook page. It's AGFC Fisheries NWA, and you can just, you know, get on Facebook. Uh, we we post stuff all the time. Okay. You can also go to our Just Arkansas Game and Fish as a Facebook page. Yep. And then our website is a, is a place you can go to find any information that you would need.
0: They go, and if they catch a tagged striper worth $100, <laughs> We tell can, him again
1: yeah you so there's actually on the tag is the phone number and it's my okay. co-workers uh work cell phone so he, right. a, he he'll take calls all night long <laughs> <laughs> which he may get a bunch in the summer <laughs>
0: yep all right sounds great uh, appreciate you being on the show yeah. and uh we'll try and have you back on we were going to talk about swipco but yeah. all this high water's yeah. got everyone uh curious about fishing and how that's going to affect crappie fishing and striper fishing. Shocked to hear that stripers were the second most popular fish on Beaver Lake that it wasn't crappie. Yep. But, uh, that's
1: uh, normally that's the way it is, but uh-huh. uh but yeah, we found out that well, I mean there's a ton of people that are out fishing for striper's now. Everybody wants to try to catch a, stro- a trophy fish, right. you know. Uh, you yeah, I think crappie was third, but really? pretty 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 close third. I,
0: I would think it was pretty close. Great eating. All right. We appreciate it. Yep. Uh, Like I always like to end the show, make sure you keep your hook sharp and your lures in the water.